You want to start the episode? Yeah, I do. I'm just going to deep sigh one more time over people putting their plants in windowless bathrooms. I should send you the YouTube video of the experiment. <laughs> Where they don't put plants in windows? They put plants in a basement in a room with no windows, no I... lights, just to see how long they lasted. A ZZ plant lasted eight months before yeah. it sent out etiolated growth, and they're like, wow, that still doesn't look that bad. Yeah, <laughs> I, I've watched that video. It's actually very fascinating. What was the one that died the soonest? The Calathea. Yeah, they yeah. did a Calathea, Pothos. Because did they water Christina. them? Yeah. Yeah. They okay. took care of them just like regular plants when they needed to be watered. They gotcha, got gotcha. Well, that's fancy. Calatheus, you give yourself a bad name. Welcome to Rough Around the Hedges podcast. I am Kaylin. I'm Christine. And I'm Mackie. And today we are going to be talking about repotting your plants. Don't do it. That the end. <laughs> Don't do it ever. <laughs> yeah, actually, we should have Tom on and he should be like, hello, my advice is never repot. Once every Hashtag 15 12 years. years. <laughs> uh, for those of you not in on it, Tom... Didn't repot a Dracaena for 12 years. I mean, and then he finally did. I had an aloe that went without a repot for at least eight. Oh, wow. Not a competition. <laughs> nah, most of my stuff gets repotted. because I hate it when it dries out. Um. Okay, so yeah, we're talking about repotting and it is February. And so you're like, why are we talking about repotting in February? We're not supposed to repot in winter. Well, when you know what you're doing, you can repot whenever you want. Right. Um, but we are going to talk about repotting practices, what we do, some things we learned and we know, things we like, things we don't like. Um, and how to use it as a tool to actually control what your plan is doing. Right. Yeah, versus just something that seems like a chore that you have to do. Or because, you know, the internet tells you repot in the March or in the spring. Yeah. Before growth, blah, or, blah, 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 blah. Yeah, the internet will be like, repot every year. Every two to three years. So April 1, every year you repot your plant. Like, I mean, I, I almost work on a schedule like that, but yeah. like... I guess we could start there. Where, how do we know when a plant needs to be repotted? Because there I, are folks that'll be able to look at a plant and goes, "That needs to be repotted." I am not that person. Um, in my collection, there's pretty much just one way I'm going to repot a plant, and that's if it's drying out sooner than I want it to. So, like, I check on my plants once a week. If they're drying out at a level that's bad for them in that week, then it's time to get up potted. So for instance, like if I have a Calathea and they don't like to dry out at all. So if he gets dry in one week before it's time to rewater him, that's my sign to re, you know, uh, up pot that guy, give him new soil, mm -hmm. give him more space because if he dries out too much, his leaves are going to get crispy and then he's going to look, he's going to look like shit. So, um, I don't repot plants when I bring them home from the store. Don't repot until they tell me they want it, which is, you know, them drying out before. And like some plants, they totally can go dry. And some plants I check on them every week and I'm like, oh, I'll water you next week. And like, because I've been growing them, I know they're fine. So like Mr. Dracaena over there, Mr. Corn Plant, that's eight feet tall. He's one that I'll be like, I'll just leave him till next week. Aglaonemas or another. I'm like, you're, you're fine. Nothing bad is going to happen to you. Uh, alocasia. I always err on the side of water them. Alocasia, colocasia, ficus. Uh, ficus depends on the ficus goes either way but that's how i do it can't look at a plant and say that needs to be repotted unless the roots are curling on top right. of the soil and circling the pot so i can sometimes tell just visually if a plant needs to be repotted just by like the state of the soil and the level mm -hmm. it, like usually after time it compacts and gets lower and lower in the pot so like if you've got a good inch two inches below the rim of your pot you probably need to repot right or at least top off the soil yeah i nine times out of ten i'll just top off the soil first that's what i do too and try and go a little longer for me it's more when i start to notice the plant has just gotten way too big for it whether roots are now exploding from the underside and curling around or you feel the pot and it's just like solid and it's just you know it's all roots in there 
or babies or whatever. If it's an alocasia, it might just be like full of corms trying to get out. Um, that's really the only time I really do it. I mean, I, I don't know if I repot all that often. I will. It's kind of funny you say don't repot as soon as you get a plant. Mm-hmm. So what I do is I let it sit for like a week or two and that's just out of pure laziness. But if I get a plant, I do repot it almost immediately because the soil it's usually in is usually inadequate for what I'm trying to do. Mm. So I have to switch over to like, cause I do a lot of succulents and a lot of the stuff comes in peat and that's for greenhouse growing and I'm not doing greenhouse growing. So I have to switch it to a more airy mixture, like with perlite and stuff like that. Interesting. You bring that up because I don't have a lot of succulents and I'm not repotting them right away. I have a lot of finicky <laughs> tropicals. Mm-hmm. So like when I bring an alocasia home, there's no way I'm touching that thing for at least right. a month. So like, yeah. that's a plant that if you touch it, mess up with the soil, like fuck with its roots, whatever it's, it's going to throw a fit. So mm-hmm. like, I want it to be happy in my space. Before I cause that stress to it and then have it throw a fit. Because the fit will be a less, a lesser fit. A more successful fit. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I like that. (laughs) Yeah, it'll be a more successful fit if he's happy before you disturb him. Mm -hmm. Than if he's unhappy, brought him to a new house and gave him lower light and then also like fucked with his roots. So Yeah, I don't really care when I get a a new tropical. I've been known to just rip him out of the pot, take all the soil off and put him in my preferred soil. Mm But I have the lights that I can put them under. That's what I do is because they recoup mm. under the lights. So I'd rather get all the slowdown. Like I give them a good week and then I'll repot them. And then I put them like after I repot them, I put them under the lights and they sit there. And until they start growing, that's where they stay. Mm. That's a good point. I feel like everything we talk about just like circles back around to giving your plants enough light. Because in your case, your plants are getting enough light. And so throw, you know, if they throw a fit, it'll be minimal but they're getting enough light to be able to bounce back from that a lot of people don't give their plants enough light so yeah like i've seen people who are like i don't repot because every time i repot my plants die but I'm, I'm guessing you have it like living 10 feet away from a window and you repot it and you give it you know fresh water and then all of a sudden it gets root rot because it's not using any of that water right ah! but you know if we wanted to bring an alocasia home and chop it up right away like Sure, it'll throw a fit, but like you get it repotted, you put it in its spot, and then you just leave it. Yeah, you'll figure it out. You could, you can still have success that way. Yeah. Now, just, when you repot, when you do you water right away or do you wait a, mm-hmm. a while? I water right away because I want the soil to settle down in around the roots. I haven't done that in years. Oh, even <laughs> with tropicals? Even with tropicals. Um, I'm so gun shy with that because I've had so many succulents. When you repot them, you have to wait a week to 10 days. So that way any like damaged roots can callus over. Because mm-hmm. um, if you water them and it's not callus over, they just rot. Mm. So I just started doing that with my tropicals too. But tropicals, I wait four or five days, not a full week. And then I give them water. But thing about tropical repotting is I do it with a moist soil. So it's already got moisture mm. in there. And then I do the tippy tappy to get it to settle. Okay. I'm usually waiting to repot when I'm doing my water cycle anyway. So that's, I just go ahead and water them Mm, because if I try to uh, stagger it for whatever reason, I will forget. And then that's when stuff dies. So let's say you repot something three days before it's time to water. You repot it. Oh, then I'll water it. And then, okay. You don't just like wait three days to water it for the first time after you repotted it? No, because I'm not repotting unless I'm doing my it's my plant chore day. So stuff's getting watered oh, and repotted so and chopped you, up all on the same day. Like I you don't. You would never repot a plant on a Wednesday and then water them on a Friday. Mm-mm. And that's not like, oh, never. It's just, <laughs> that's just not how I mode. That's not how I work. Yeah. You set your one day aside to do it. It's my plant chore day and that's how everything's long, getting done. How long does plant chore day take? Um, It could take like a full Saturday if I'm really like dedicated, but usually like two, three hours. It's not too bad. Mm. Since it was Benny bug week. I got all my watering done in like 
two hours, but I wasn't being good and I wasn't doing um, fertilizer. I was just doing regular water just to get it done this time. Oh, man. So when should you repot then? Never. (laughs) Okay, so me personally, I only repot when it dries out or if the soil is shitty. But like usually if it's shitty, it's not holding water anyway. Um, And then I'll just, you know repot it with fresh soil yeah that's what i'm worried about with having switched to coca core i am unsure of how fast it degrades because mm-hmm. i've had stuff in it for a year that was outside and usually if i leave a peat based soil outside over the summer by the end of the summer it's it's dead mm. um but bringing these in they're still doing really great so i'm kind of digging the core more than the Peat right now. Oh, I love cocoa. Core. Okay, what do you use for your soil mix? I was wanting to ask you this this week. Cocoa core, coutons, perlite. If I'm feeling fancy, I have some bark. Or sorry, not bark. If I'm feeling fancy and I have charcoal, I throw some in blood meal. If I feel fancy, so you let's say you put in two scoops of cocoa core. Mm-hmm. How many scoops of uh, croutons do you put on? Two. It's a two, two, one. Oh, or you don't find that or two, two, airy two, two with all that with all the croutons in there? Because the croutons hold on to a good chunk of moisture on their own. Do you have to soak them beforehand to get them to really want to uptake it though? Mm-hmm. Okay. Oh, really? Yeah, I get them like as a brick. They're like a dehydrated brick, and then I moisten them to loosen them up and expand them a little bit. Mm. See, I have the brick too, and I just break it up and then throw it in my mix. Uh-huh. And then when I, when I water everything, I water it very thoroughly, and then I let it sit in the water overnight. So I would hope that that hydrates the croutons, but also I don't know. Yeah, mostly I do it because my potting soil is dry as fuck, so needs the week, the week. Oh shit, overnight the twenty four hours. <laughs> Major downside to peat drives me nuts. Hate it. Hydrophobia. Yeah, that's why I've been trying to get you to switch to cocoa core. <laughs> but you had that bad experience, and now you're not wanting to deal with that yet. I have. Last time I talked to you about it, yeah. you bought that-, that bag of cocoa core, and it did the hydrophobic dry out thing oh. and you didn't like it we've had this conversation before <laughs> sitting here with a blank ass look on my it's, face it's been like a year and a half i'm trying to think of which bag of cocoa that was because like now i have the easy wet so even if it was dry as fuck i would just yeah i also like there. cocoa core because it holds more water while giving good airflow mm-hmm. where do you get your cocoa coir? i go <laughs> menards i get the bricks and then i they just uh put them in pH water, and then I add CalMag to switch the ions so that way I can don't have a nutrient deficiency in my plants. And once that's done, I can just use it like regular stuff. I got mine at Costco. Oh, really? That's, two bricks for $18. That's and they mine. were yeah. massive. One brick took me two years to get through. What? Yeah, massive. What? That's yeah. what I want to do next. I told my. I told you guys both have Costco memberships. Pick me some of this up, and I'll Venmo you. Yeah, next time it's there, I'll let. I'll let yeah, because you know I told. I no, told, I'm dead serious. I'm actually it, getting low on cocoa coir. It comes so. out in like I think it was like April, May. So. I'll oh, keep, it wasn't a year-round thing. Nope, it's no. a springtime thing. Costco is very. Yeah, seasonal. Yeah. I don't have a Costco membership because I don't like dealing in bulk shit. We should hang out and go to Costco one of these days. I can bring a guest. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we could do that when I get back. Um, yeah, what are they? Two? Well, you said two for eighteen. I think that's what it was. Yeah. Yeah. Let me buy me fifty dollars worth. That's a lot of bricks. Do you see how big my pots it will are? Last you forever. Fine, twenty five dollars worth, thirty dollars <laughs> worth, forty dollars. I go through potting soil so much. Sure. Well, yeah, you do repot way more than I do. Well, you know, it, it, the problem is, why do I go through it so fast? Look at the size of that pot. That's an eighteen inch pot. Right. And then I have another one. Well, I don't think I have any 18 inch ones over there, but like, you know, that's probably at least a 14 or 16 inch diameter. Same with that one. Yeah. I, I don't think really have the, four inch pots hardly at all anymore because everything's at least in six inches and up. Yeah. I think Coca Cola might be a good move for you just because of the volume of your pots. You can get it larger volumes for cheaper, it seems, sometimes just because they come mm-hmm. in compressed bricks. Whereas with peat, 
you get bales and they don't really like they expand, but they don't expand as much as you expect them to. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just completely writing Pete off at this point. I have bad for the environment, bad for me. <laughs> I have one Calathea and one Alocasia in like hundred percent cocoa and they love it. I had a couple plants from the grocery store that came in cocoa coir and like hundred percent. Yep. I yeah. left them in there until it was time to repot them and I liked it. Stay super. It does. Yeah. For aglaonema is not the greatest, but for alocasias. Before we get too far, I want to say the Costco thing. A nice thing about that is they also <laughs> carry earthworm castings oh, right next yep, to it. So you can do. just mix them and be good. Yeah. Not sponsored. Uh, yeah. It's like they know. Um, when you guys repot, do you guys add fertilizer or anything? You said you add some blood meal sometimes. Yep. I don't do the slow release fertilizer because I will, the way my brain works is... I will always think, oh, it's got slow release fertilizer in it and then never fertilize again. See, I put the Osmocote pellets in everything, but mm-hmm. I also do my regular fertilizing, but I do it so so weakly that I don't think don't it, worry about burning. I don't have to worry yeah. about lockout or anything like that. I had one container of the Osmocote and I used it up for other re- I used it up just to use it up, but I just fertilize regularly when I water, so I don't add anything to my mix but that, that's also what i like about getting the bagged potting mix is there's already some stuff in there mm-hmm. see i would rather control it and be adding my own stuff so i like the osmocote i buy it by the 11 pound bag mm-hmm. and it's great for my succulents so that way when if i miss fertilizing for a year due to like laziness or mental health issues it's great because my plants stay know, on there. target for me i ha- bought special plumeria osmocote um excalibur from florida colors nursery uh, so he's the only one that gets release fertilizer because it's plumeria specific also do you guys add um any extra like amendments to like if you get like just regular bag mix like let's say you get pro mix you add perlite right well i did when i was getting espoma organics and fox farms but okay. uh, the high porosity you it's the high to. porosity pro mix which i find has just enough perlite in it and i don't have to add any okay do you add any like you just add the croutons for the and drainage, perlite. right? Crouton perlite. Yep. Okay. And like, like I said, like if I had bark or charcoal, I haven't bought any lately. I would sometimes throw it in if I felt like it. Terrarium chick with charcoal. You can just get regular lump charcoal and beat it with a hammer into a small, oh, that sounds uh, whatever like fun. size pellet you need. <laughs> yeah. I do that for my red stitch. Like, wait, like regular old, like barbecue charcoal? Yeah. That's what I use. That's what I use in my red stuff. I love to, it. <laughs> Give more area, surface area to it. Go get some barbecue king charcoal. I, I got charcoal. I got one bag of charcoal. And then I was like, this is really cool. I feel all sciencey. And then I was like, okay, it has to now be- it's gone. And now I have to spend more money on it. And I was like, this is dumb. It yeah. can't be the briquettes though. That doesn't work. It has to be the actual lump, like the actual chunks of wood that have been burned in a low oxygen environment. Oh. Otherwise it doesn't work. The the, the so lump where do you is- go acquiring such a thing? Costco. <laughs> Buy two fifty pound. We buy like two. We buy like a fifty pound bag, and it's like two bags that are twenty five pounds each, taped together, and we just buy that. Nice. (laughs) Should reach out. The bulk stuff is worth it sometimes. Okay, if I could bulk buy my plant shop stuff, sure, but I don't want a whole pallet of canned corn. You don't have to get a pallet of canned corn. (laughs) I know, but like again, it's the food bulk stuff. Just doesn't. I just, I only go for bulk paper towels, toilet paper, laundry, like that kind of stuff. Then I don't have to go get trash bags for a year. That's usually the only time I go. I do so much cooking and baking. I have to go to Costco for supplies at least (laughs) every three to four weeks. My robot vacuum is interrupting the podcast. (laughs) 
It's fine. We're not talking about repotting anyway. My <laughs> <laughs> plant of the week is my robot vacuum. <laughs> Just kidding. Uh, what do we feel about um, folks that say repot whenever you have a pest problem? Don't because if it works for some pests, like uh, if they have a soil phase, sure, that's good. But it, like if you're dealing with something that's just topside, repotting is not going to help. Right. And I feel like, again, that might just put your plant in more stress. Yeah. And make it just more susceptible. Do spider mites lay eggs in the soil? I think spider mites and thrips are ones that maybe spider mites. I know they also lay them on the leaves. Like in the leaves, don't they? Thrips lay them in the leaves okay. and then they hatch and they <clears throat> fall into the soil and they go through a pupa phase in the soil. Right. Jane Perone did a great episode on thrips. Nice. Um, we didn't. You guys. <laughs> that was before oh, my time. Don't burn. hold me to that. Jane Perone one, rough around the hedges zero. Hey, this is the podcast I'm on. So you guys start with a lead already. You guys, it's us. Oh, it's okay. Jane is superior. She's just been going for a while. Yeah, she's yeah. on like what, 200 and something? Yeah, she's, I think 258 or something just came out a couple of weeks ago. Ooh, wee. Good job, Jane. Okay, we got off topic again. We were talking about repotting. If we got thrips, are we going to repot for thrips? I, you could. Or is it more just like scrape off the first couple inches? I, I don't know. I don't like, like you said, I don't bother repotting with pests unless it's like root mealies. Sure. Because unless you treat, if I'm, unless I'm treating the roots, I try not to repot because that's just unnecessary stress on the plant. Right. Mm-hmm. And if the plant is already being eaten alive by pests, why would you want to stress them out further? Yeah. I feel like we should like quick throw in a clarification that we're talking plants that are in potting soil. Specifically, because if you have a leca plant that needs to be repotted, like it's completely different factors as far as when a leca plant needs to repot, right? Yeah. I, would. I mean, I still don't go repotting my leca plants for fun either. Right. But like, you know, when an alocasia has roots going everywhere because it loves leca, like just because the roots are doing whatever they want doesn't mean I'm actually going to repot it. Some people do. I'm just, I, I really just go by watering because I have way too many plants to yeah constantly be worrying about. What I'm going to do with this one who has roots coming out of his pot. And see, I'm a horrible plant parent with my leco plants. And they usually stay until the roots start to rot a little bit. And then I'm like, okay, now you need to be. Okay. Yeah, that's a good point because I've had that happen too. But then they come out of leca and they go in soil because I'm not about to deal deal with rotting roots in leca (laughs) that are just going to keep rotting if they're, if they don't. Okay. So how about you, Mackie? How do you repot? When do you repot? I... (laughs) Never. I've been waiting for this. <laughs> I don't like to repot that often. Like I enjoy the process of repotting. It's fun, but I don't like to sit have to sit down and do tons of plants. So I use repotting slightly differently than you do. You guys do. It sounds like you guys like when they need to be upsized, you upsize them and stuff like mm-hmm. that. I don't. What? I for <laughs> me, potting is a tool to control the size of the plant. Sure. So if I keep it tight and small and it gets to the point where I need to repot it into a bigger pot, if I can cut top growth off, I'll cut top growth off and some roots make sure it's about even and keep it kind of stunted in the pot and then so you pull it out you take a top cut you cut off some roots are you putting it back in the same pot it was in yes usually so it's not getting smaller it's not getting bigger yes and then i also refreshing refreshing the the soil i take all the soil out and i completely change it with new soil and so it's basically like a brand new pot because all the roots that were all spread out throughout the pot are now just going to be condensed in a column underneath the plant and it'll just be like have to regrow so I guess I guess what you are doing is more repotting in its exact, you know, definition where we are up potting. 
Wow. Yeah, I don't like to up pot because I just don't have space for stuff. Right. I I applaud you for making that personal choice for yourself. <laughs> and I wish you could teach me a little bit about that because I have a problem. I've been trying to teach you. And then every time you're like, does this need a repot? And I say, no, you up pot it. <laughs> you don't listen to me. So how can I help you? I oh, See, now that gets into semantics. So I'm like, when I say repot. I always <laughs> I just assume that whenever you say repot, you mean up pot. Yeah. We'll see. For the most part, when I repot anything, I take it out and look at it and then I evaluate where our root ball is and where we're going. So like most of the time it's getting in a bigger pot. Once or twice I've had to put it in the same size pot just with fresh soil. Yeah. Or a couple of times I've rotted some stuff and then it ends up going in a smaller pot. But that's once I pulled it out and I've looked at it and I've seen what it is. At no point do I actually make the conscious choice of, do I want this plant to get bigger? Because the answer is by default is just always yes. <laughs> there's and also, so, yeah, there's also an interesting situation with repotting certain succulents like the caudiciforms. We were talking about this earlier, where if you keep them in a big pot where there's plenty of room to grow, they don't grow a caudex. They just grow roots. They might get like rhizomatous, but for the most part, they don't do much. Whereas if you keep them in a small confined pot, a lot of codex plants will then enlarge the codex and get that big bottom growth that you want. That's the other reason I do some of my smaller pots, like my Petiolaris, which I didn't realize I was doing that too until fairly recently. Mm -hmm. Yeah, my Petiolaris, the last two years, I kept it in a shallowish eight inch pot. And the first, what is it? The first time I put it in there was because it needed a bigger size. And then the second year, I didn't feel like the roots really grew not much to warrant a bigger pot. So I just cut off some of the long, they had really long uh, circling roots. So I cut those off and just put it back in the same pot with same soil. Were the roots noodly or fine? I'm leaning towards they're probably noodly, more noodly than fine. Yeah, they were noodly. That's that's what happens whenever you have a large pot that's not focusing on codex growth. The roots that are, the feeder roots that are going down will enlarge to be like tuberous. Mm -hmm. It's And that's where they like store their starches and stuff like that to oh. survive. And then I cut period. off all their starches. Uh, not in the feeder roots. The feeder roots are just temporary anyways. They usually die back. Okay, I should probably define this. <laughs> there are the main root system, which are the big, thick, noodly ones mm -hmm. with succulents that I know of. And then their succulents also do these things called feeder roots, which are the fine ones that go out and they actually... And those are attached to the noodles. Those are attached to the noodles. So like yeah. those fine ones, those are feeder roots. Those usually die back every year in succulents. So that's why... So now when I repotted my petiolaris, I had the noodley roots, but I didn't have a lot of feeder roots for what I was expecting on a ficus. That's because it's putting all its growth into those noodley roots, I assume. Whereas like mine is usually covered in feeder roots because it mm. just fills up the pot with feeder roots. That's why I have to replace the soil every year on it. Yeah. So now you're making me once again question my decision. <laughs> To put him in a larger pot. I'm not trying to make you question. I'm just letting you know. Like I don't want the plant to die. I really like him. But like. Mine has been in a four inch pot for six years. But if I give him a bigger pot, you're just making me concerned that I did the wrong thing. You're not, not the wrong thing. It's just not what I would have done. Well, we're different people. So we're good. But I know. Like, That's I what just, I'm saying. Don't regret it. You're good. <clears throat> You did what you normally do. I guess we'll, we'll take this year to see what happens when I upsize my petiolaris. And then next year when the soil doesn't hold any moisture, I'll, I don't know, maybe trim off a bunch of roots. And that was another thing I was going to do. That guy, mm -hmm. I'm pointing to my plant. <laughs> <laughs> um, he was kind of like just in a non-attractive shape at the end of the summer. And I was, we were going to, I was, we were going to, we talked about chopping him back in the spring. And I don't know if that was when I repotted. I'd do it, like cut some of the foliage off and cut some of the roots off. But now 
because he's doing some winter growing under my Soltech light. He looks awesome and his shape has figured itself out and I want him to just keep going. And so I won't be doing that. <laughs> hey, to each their own. I just, I go for the big codexes because who doesn't like a fat bottom plant? Yeah, fat bomb girls. Um, That guy, what's so interesting about- You're pointing it, to your plant. As I'm pointing the plant again. <laughs> I'm not just talking to some random guy walking through my house. That guy. That guy. <laughs> that guy. Uh, the plant. Who's actually named Brandon. I named my plant Brandon. Brandon the plant, not Brandon the boyfriend. <laughs> I have to say that sometimes. Like I watered Brandon today. Which one? The plant. Um, I lost my train of thought. Thanks a lot. <laughs> oh, the codex. He has, it's probably like the size of fist of like a 12 year old. <laughs> and then it has a really, 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 really skinny trunk that goes up about three feet. But like, the trunk is no thicker than your finger. And then the codex is like a little fist. But the whole plant is like five feet tall now. And so it's just, it's such a weird little Dr. Seuss tree. I oh, love him. you had that plant? Um, I think we got it in 2020 or 2021. Okay, so it's a good three, four years old. That's just Actually, funny. Actually, I probably got it in 2020 because we moved to the house in 2020. Okay, that makes sense because I've had mine at least six years then because I got mine in 2018, I think. Mm. We're and, so small. And... <laughs> I think in that six years, it's grown maybe an inch. What? But the internodal spacing, your internodal spacing looks to be about an inch between nodes. Mine is so stacked that I could not tell you, the, I could not tell the nodes oh. apart. Yeah, when he when he started growing, he just shot up like four feet overnight. It was what? It was nuts. Was that right after you repotted it? No. I So when I got him, I left him in a six inch pot. Oh, that's why. Mine was in, mine's in a four inch. And then he got bigger when I... I forget, I forget, I forget his like chain of growth because I left him in the six inch pot. He came in for a while. Um, and then there was one summer he was just doing really great and got really big. Yeah. I'm thinking about time to put mine into a six inch pot. I know. Um, my codex is probably about the same size as yours, but like I said, my top growth is maybe five or to six inches versus your five feet of stem yeah it's still such a silly guy i just like him because of the red veins on the leaf pink yeah. <laughs> mine are red well they can yours be, are like hot pink <clears throat> uh depends on the genetics i've seen them go blood red and i've seen them be like pretty bright pink too well and see mine i've had light pink and i've had dark pink too mm. depending on the light he's got. well that's cool yes i love him as i say mine does the deep red veins in full sun in the summer but it mm -hmm. also takes forever to wake up that'll be a fun one to put outside this summer yeah, but he's going to fall over a bunch. I just know it. So that made me, your conversation made me think of something. When we repot and then our plant doesn't grow new leaves for a few months, do we freak out? No. No. Well, Why? Well, first of all, don't stress him out. God damn it. Let him acclimate. <laughs> but also, if he's not working on his tops, he's working on his bottoms. Yep. Usually the plant is using that time to fill out the pot a little bit. Yep. Get some more roots going. Well, like, even if he's doing growth underneath the soil that you can't see, and even if he's not... We're not judging him. We know he needs time to acclimate to his new conditions <laughs> slash home and soil. So, like, just let him be. That's, I think, the most important thing. Besides yeah. giving your plant enough light. I feel like a lot of let times. Him, letting him acclimate before you expect anything of him. Yeah, a lot of times people freak out and then they immediately pull the plant out of the pot. It's like, stop, stop, just stop. Give I had somebody I was giving plant advice to on a cupria and I had it like she listened to me perfectly up until it came time to be patient and wait. And then she was like, if nothing's happened for three weeks, I need to touch it. And I was like, <laughs> no, stop touching it. 
oh, it was too late. She had already touched it without <sighs> consulting me. And I'm like, I can't help you with your alocasia capria problem if after three weeks you stop listening to me. If I mean, it hasn't it, grown, but it also hasn't dropped leaves, it's fine. A neat little trick you can do to speed that acclimation up and get that top growth that you want if you want it quicker. Are we add, talking about capria or are we talking about petiolaris? Any plant. Oh. Um, add heat to the root zone. Like mm-hmm. if you put them on a heat mat and get that soil up to like upper 70s, that's usually going to give the plant a big boost and it's going to fill out and root a lot faster. Yeah. Interesting. Same as if you're propagating. I am not super big on putting plants in soil on heat mats. Because it dries out the soil? No, I just, it rots my shit. Oh. See, I saw, <clears throat> that's kind of why I really like black pots. Because um, I see a ton of growth when a plant is in a window and the sun hits it. Ooh, and warms black up that pot, pot. gets warm. Yeah. yeah, it starts growing like crazy. My regal shield is a really great example of that. I had put it in Lekka and then put it in a black pot, sat in the window in a west window, and it just went. It filled though. It filled that pot maybe three weeks. Yeah, that's why I try to repot my aloes and hawarthias into dark colored pots because if they don't have the extra heat and they get cold and you water them, that's just invitation for rot. Right. I like black pots just because they look nice. Yeah. Universal. So it's a perk. That there. But yeah, think of the other way though too. So if you want your plant to slow down a little bit. Yeah, you can just cool it off. Whoa. Best Whoa. way to do that I found is just put it on like a concrete floor. <laughs> suck the heat right out of the pot. Everything slows right down. Right. That's how I got one of my pack of podiums to finally go dormant was I just put it on the concrete floor and it dropped all its leaves. And it's like, all right, I'm done. I think I could put the plumeria on the floor. Yes. It would probably need to be on like concrete. I know, in the basement. Oh, oh yeah. He's, I mean, he's on the floor right now. It's 40 degrees outside. Just put it outside. I'm about to leave for four weeks. I'm not just going to put my plant outside <laughs> before I go. Ugh, I want my oh, I want my plumeria to bloom. <laughs> Shit. How much of a dormancy period do they need? I have no I idea. Looked, I looked it up. I forgot it. Google. I didn't actually get to the article because we started recording the podcast. So my plant research will have to wait. <laughs> <laughs> to, to redirect back to repotting. <laughs> what? What are we talking about? Um, one thing that bothers me, and I'm going to, I'm going to bring this up. Uh Oh, yes. Don't repot in the non-growing season or in the off season or only repot in the growing season. Oh, I hate that because everyone automatically assumes growing season, spring, summer, right. Beginning of fall. There are plants out there. I know because I have a bunch of them that start growing in fall and they grow fall through spring and then they're dormant all summer right they want to avoid the heat they like it when it's cooler and wetter so grow you gotta really like know your plants well enough to know is it the growing season or not can i repot it should i repot it i mean yes you probably should if hold on i lost my train of thought in the middle of that sentence so you're good adhd we're talking about <laughs> repotting growing seasons yes that exactly i was yes. telepathically yeah. telling you that. i think semi in that same breath though don't be scared to repot in then off season there. yeah exactly um, um plants are more resilient than you give them credit for mm-hmm. most people give them credit for it's true i think why if if you don't if you don't feel that way maybe it's because you killed too many plants <laughs> <laughs> you're really doing it wrong um i was thinking about my diascorea mm-hmm. because i repotted it before it was right before it woke up for the season last year because again it was drying out too fast yeah um and I was like, oh, no, I'm going to kill it. Or I, I think I repotted it and then I looked it up and it was like, you shouldn't repot when it's dormant. I was like, but, but, but. You do it all the time. It ended up being just fine and his codex got so much better or bigger and he looks great. And he's currently dormant. Yeah, mine is growing. I'm trying to get it to go dormant, but 
I let it dry out for two months and it's still, it just put out pitiful growth. And I'm like, are you really going to do this? So I think it's going to stay awake all winter. So I start, I think I'm going to start watering it again because mm-hmm. I don't want it to die, but I'm can't wait to get that thing back outside again. <clears throat> yeah. Mine, when I, for whatever reason, when I repotted it, I gave him cocoa croutons in his mix for aeration and whatnot. And now he's drying out too fast and it's annoying, but like, I was like, why did I do that? <laughs> Should I do it again? <laughs> yes. I don't know. I think Diascree are a little more tolerant of lower draining soil. I just, I'm so paranoid about drainage and airflow in my pots because I've had so many problems. Also, another thing about repotting is some plants, I learned this, don't like peat. My Haworthia, for years, I would grow them to a certain point and then they'd rot, usually Mm. after about a year and a half. Um, And then I was reading that some people think that as it breaks down, it releases something that the Haworthia don't like and it induces rot. Oh, interesting. So as soon as I switched from peat to cocoa core, I stopped having rotting issues and I haven't had a rotting issue since. Yeah. Noise. Moral Take story. Cocoa core is superior. Yeah, stop using peat, everybody. Bad for the planet. So bad. I will say the one thing I noticed with the cocoa core is when it's new and fresh and you just put it in the pot, it holds water, but it dries out quickly. Yeah. yeah. But Why as roots grow in and take over and like kind of stabilize it, yeah. I've noticed that it retains more moisture longer at a better mm. level. Yeah, because I've noticed I'll repot something, douse it, let it soak, put it out. And then I'm like, wait, I shouldn't have to water you yet. Yeah. Right. Cause but it's just like the first couple waterings and I give them some good soaks. Yeah. And then everything seems to I think of it this way. Out. The rhizosphere is alive. And if it's not fully grown and taken over the pot, it's not going to be as stable. But as it grows and gets more complex, it's going to become more stable. Or did you call that the rhizosphere? Rhizosphere, yeah. What's the rhizosphere? The root zone. Yeah. Oh. Um. That is also in the same. Uh, made me think of when we're repotting, um, not to strip the roots completely of soil or no, potting like mix leave or some of the substrate. soil on them. Yes, because your plant has a little microbiome going on, especially in the roots, and you don't want to completely strip that away. Yes and no. I I agree, Uh-oh. but disagree <laughs> a little bit. Okay. Um. Great if you're using anything that's not peat. Sure. Um, peat, whenever you're, as it gets old, it stops taking up water and it can constrict to the point where it's like concrete around it. Sure. I have lost plants to that hardening up, even just leaving a little bit. So if it's peat based, I always strip it all off. Gotcha. Yeah, I haven't, I haven't used peat in probably three years, so yeah. I'm so used to. For me, it depends on how nicely the soil is coming off. And because like sometimes I'll just, I'll leave my root ball. And then once I've gotten like the outer not layer but like yeah and I I guess I should clarify I'm not talking like you just pick the plant up and put it back in unless it's a begonia that's fine I I I always crunch a little bit but there are folks who will full-on just like strip everything away I'm one of those people yeah I don't I don't find it necessary on a bunch of stuff but like I said if the soil comes off and I'm having fun yeah sure why not for me it's not necessarily necessary it's just I like what I know and what I know best is my own soil mixes that I've used. So sure. I always like to get stuff in that as soon as possible. So that way I don't have to like worry, like, is it, does it need water? Do I like, I don't have to put as much work into making sure it's good. I can just kind of set it and forget it a little bit. Sure. Uh, when we repot, do we do any root trim, uh, root pruning? Generally I say no, unless you're keeping it in the same pot. And even then I kind of judge it by the mass of the roots. If the roots are going to take up three quarters of the pot without trimming. Yeah, trim them. But if you're going to shake all the soil off and do a full soil refresh, I usually try not to unless I'm taking top growth off too and I'm trying to keep the plant small. 
Yeah. Unless there's rot, I really don't. <clears throat> but that is a great thing to say. If you are root trimming, you need to make sure you're taking foliage off or else your plant can't sustain itself. Yeah. So I suppose it depends on how much uh, roots you cut off. Because I have, I've had a number of plants when I pull them out, I shake the soil off. I have the roots that were just growing in a circle in the pot mm-hmm. and they're like four times the length of the entire like rest of the roots. So like, I'm not going to stick those stupid things back in the pot, cut them off. Gotcha. But then I leave everything else. Right. So like, I wouldn't know how to determine what percentage of foliage to cut off based on how many noodles I chopped. Sure. I try to keep everything pretty, <laughs> again, middle of the sentence, train of thought gone. Um, I got nothing. Okay. I have something. Um, when you pull your plant out of the pot and you're going to root, um, repot it I, what I, I mentioned about the begonias mm-hmm. begonias have really really fine roots they don't like to be disturbed uh when i repot my begonias and this is only begonias it goes straight up out of the pot i put it straight back down in its new pot and i'll fill the soil in around the pot let it go that's me and calatheas yeah mm-hmm. um philodendrons monstera all the other stuff i'm going to loosen up the root ball around um you know and like mess up the pot shape that the soil is all held in um especially any roots that you have circling the plant um if they are growing in a circle and you don't rearrange them in the new pot when you repot, they're going to keep growing in a circle. And that is not good. You don't want them to do that. So redirect them. Or if you you know, feel like me, sometimes you can just cut them off if they're too long. <laughs> yeah, usually if I'm doing root trimming, I try to maintain as much of the root system as possible. And I, if I'm taking, like, let's say I take half the roots off, I never go that far. But just for, as an example, take half the roots off, I'll take half the top growth off. I try to keep it even because in the bonsai world, that's how they do it. Mm-hmm. Um, that's also a tip Jane Perone had on her podcast, and that's what I followed, and it's worked well for me. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I And then with, you're right, with the begonias and you with the calatheas, that's, I do the same thing whenever I have those. I don't disturb the roots because I just don't like how long it takes for them. I don't like how they look after they've had their roots disturbed. Every time I've done it, they've gone kind of limp and look sad for yeah. a month. And then they, then they bounce or, back. Yeah, they'll get a bunch of crispy leaves and drop leaves. It's interesting because I, when I started doing, I forget, it might have been you or Simone or Alyssa. It was like, don't touch the root ball. And I was like, okay, we'll try it. I think that was Simone. Simone, yay, Simone. Uh, every single time. When I repot a begonia and I'm not touching the root ball, doesn't even bat an eye. Same. Same with my calatheas. Yeah. It's just, they keep going, chug I'm away. Like, okay, cool. And actually, it's interesting with the begonias. They realize they've gotten more space and then they just go poof. Yep. And explode in growth. I don't repot begonias. <laughs> That's why I I'm the only start. one with giant begonias. <laughs> I chop because I, if I'm repotting a begonia, I'm not going to want to take the soil off and disturb the roots because it's going to look like crap. So what I do is... <laughs> I take leaf cuttings and start them over and throw the other plant away. (laughs) (laughs) My plant needs a repot. Let's start it over and throw it away. (laughs) Well, I don't want like your size begonias. Mm -hmm. Except the Brevirmosa. I want that. I'm working on that. That's a problem. My begonia size. Because that's what I do. I have, let's say I have my four inch pot. And I'm like, oh, he's drawing out. Let's give him a bigger pot. Put him in a six inch pot and fills that up. And I'm like, oh, let's just jump to a nine or 10 inch pot. And then they fill that up. In no time. And then before you know it, you have a 14 inch pot that you have to have a custom plant stand made by your partner just so it can fit in the window without <laughs> tipping over. True story. Yeah, I'm looking at it. No, that's not the one. <laughs> that's yeah. not it's even the, the one. It's oh, the it's immense. The, yeah, yeah, the immense. Yeah, I, I had Brandon make him like a little pulpit. Like, you know, the priest stand at the pulpit. It's like a pulpit, <laughs> but flat top for my plant. Yeah. He made I was it just me. thinking Begonia, and there was one right there. And I was like, is that uh, the one? Nah, that's I'm a shitty Joanne's plant stand. <laughs> 
Um, yeah, and it's interesting because like you repot the begonia, it gets more space, and then the begonia is like, ooh, we have to fill this in the next two weeks, and then it does. And I'm like, dude, what? And like, great if you like to see that growth. Bad if you don't have room for it, and bad if it's already in a 14 inch pot. Because okay, remember last spring you and I repotted the immense? Yeah, I had to repot that at the end of summer. I remember, and I was blown away by that. I was like, <laughs> really? That's why I He's just been re- good for a while now. That if I, when I had that one, I wasn't going to restart it. I was going to keep growing it bigger and bigger. Yes, Kaylin. I have my hand raised. He's blooming right now. Oh. I saw a bloom on my immense this morning. Wow. You try to pollinate it? Oh, you don't, probably don't have the stuff. It, I have a cat whisker. <laughs> they are buzz pollinated. Do you have to do the tuning <laughs> fork? buzz while I do the cat whisker? <laughs> I wish. No, they, the way they work. <laughs> so Brandon will come down. What are you doing? I'm like, I am pollinating. Bzz. I think in nature, the way it works is the the insect kind of latches on and vibrates its body. And then the oh. pollen goes. So if I take a vibrator and attach the cat whisker oh to it and then I turn it on. It probably could work. I was going to say. Or, <laughs> or you just. And that's your pollinating arsenal. We had to do that with like sweet corn in our garden because the tassels needed to be shook. Yeah. Just go ahead and shake it. Well, I'm, for this, it's more like tomatoes. Tomatoes ah. are buzz pollinated. They, if they can't, you can't just move the pollen. You have to actually like burst the sack otherwise it doesn't want to spread um the thought i just thought is not i was thinking the same thing as i was saying i was like oh no hold on you i'm not following along tell me what you're thinking you gotta make it nut (laughs) yep god perverts um i'm gonna try and find it was a it was a little buzz wand um I mean, most people just use tuning forks in the note of C, so. Who the hell uses a tuning fork in the note of C laying around? So, like, you ding it and then just, like, hold it up to it? Yeah, you just take it and touch it, and it goes. Ah, fun. Uh, There's a music girl on Etsy. She's got a great, well, on Instagram, too. Her name is Brittany Begonia. She has a great (laughs) article on how to uh, pollinate begonias. Nice. What did you say, Christine? I said music stores have tuning forks. I mean, we used to buy, I used to buy my saxophone reads from the band director so i don't really go in music stores that often Uh, let's see if they still have the oh they do um so i saw this when i was looking at my getting seeds for an arrow garden they have a little buzz wand and i was like that's silly it's called be the bee pollinator be the bee yeah that's probably yeah be the bee that is literally just a redone electric toothbrush by the way you can also use an electric (laughs) toothbrush for it oh i don't i don't have an electric toothbrush I've used my toothbrush multiple times to try oh, to pollinate so cute. That's adorable. Do we have anything else on repotting? Well, if I'm going to make... Okay, I'm cool. Grow tomatoes. I might need one. They're out of stock. Plant of the week? What? We're not done talking about repotting, I are just we? asked if we had anything else on repotting. I'm looking at the cute little tiny bee wand. Pollinating tomatoes. Well, okay, when we're done recording, we have to go look at the inflorescence on the begonia. Where is I going with this? He doesn't need to be repotted. I feel like I had something I was going to say and then I lost it. Now here we are. Um, do we have anything more to talk about repotting? <laughs> Quit laughing at me. I know. I know, but my brain has to go through the process separately. No, I think that pretty much covers it. Um, one thing I did want to ask is, do you guys ever propagate when you repot? Yes, all the time. At the same time? It's plant chore day. Everything's happening at <laughs> once. You're I like, usually actually recommend people propagate when they repot. Yeah. <laughs> because if they're repotting and not doing too much to the roots and they have the full root mass and they're up potting. Yes, they grow so Take fast. the top off. You're going to have so much bottom growth because the roots can sustain such a big plant. It's going to want to grow into the biggest form it possibly can with the roots that it has. So how much are we cutting off the plant then? How much as you want, want to propagate it? Yeah. What if I just take like a three leaf top cutting and that's it that's fine it still has the roots to maintain those three 
three top nodes. So if you cut those off, it's going to be able to replace those quickly because it's already ready to grow. And then at the same time, it's going to be growing, doing the root growth thing. So by the time the three nodes grow in it, it'll probably be ready to grow even more. And it'll probably just keep going. It won't stop. Because like, I feel that's what restricts a lot of growth is roots, the root mass. Smaller the root mass, the smaller the top growth. The yeah. higher or the larger the root mass, the larger the top growth. So looking at my plants, do I have good root mass? Definitely, because your plants are fucking huge. <laughs> Thank you. I just wanted to hear it. <laughs> God. What's this See, I'm the one with the rose in it. Yeah. The Tabo Poensi. Oh, okay. He's just facing the window because there's a giant Tycon behind him. Yeah. I wanted to learn something from this episode and I'm just like, I know all this. I don't know. We're all learning. Learned how to pollinate a begonia. <clears throat> what if I just put a regular toothbrush on a dildo? Oh my God. Bzzz. I don't know. <laughs> Do an experiment and I'm tell me how that it goes. Out. What? I said I'm pulling that out. <laughs> Literally. God. Uh, <laughs> chaos. It's time for plant of the week. Ah, plant of the week. Oh my God, my Tycon's putting on another leaf. Can't stop, won't stop. My plant of the week is my Ficus petiolaris, also known as Brandon. <laughs> Didn't you already do that one? Yeah. I was going to say, haven't you done that one like twice? <sighs> this is why I need a giant spreadsheet of all my plants of the week. Why do your Shibriana? Nah, because he's too small. But he's cute. He looks so nice. I know, I know, but, you know, give him two more months of growth and then he can be planted. Well, while you think. I don't think my, no, I don't think my Petiolaris has been planted the week. We've just talked about him a bunch. No, he has because you were talking about, oh, maybe that was Anthurium. Because he didn't look good at all this summer. Yeah, the Anthurium I must have doubled up. Yeah, I think it was just that we've been talking about it mm-hmm. in almost Yeah, because we episode. talked about it like the last two times we were recording here. Yeah. Plant of the week. Congratulations, Petiolaris. <laughs> my, my plant of the week is my Horthia truncata Mauhanii form. It's a cool little rosette. It was I got it at Tonkadale and it's looked crappy for years and then it got root mealies and then I saved it. Now it's looking good and it's got that nice tight growth that's swirling and it's beautiful. Nice. Ah. Very nice. Mine is going to be my Hoya Noel um, that I got at the Hoya event thing last May. Did you buy it or was that the... It was the free one that they gave oh. to the vendors. Yeah. Um, it's putting out like real nice round fat leaves. And when leaves come in, it, I really like that one because it reminds me a lot of autumn because leaves come in like yellow. Then they turn like a burnt orange red and then they oh. harden off to green. I want to see some pictures of it. It's really cool. Yeah. Cool. Plant well, congratulations, all of our plants of the week. You guys are superstars. Keep up the good work. And to our the growers, keep up the good work. Don't repot. Don't do it. Don't do it unless the plant is telling you it needs it. Don't do it for fun. Right. Remember, you're stressing the plant. You're stressing me out. Right? We should stop. <laughs> Stay rough. <laughs> Bye-bye. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>